0: Online, on Radio Player, and on 106.6 FM, this is Wickham Sound. Welcome to Mimi Meets and this is Mimi Harker and as with every week I like to bring you some extraordinary people that have entered my life and who have made a difference to me, who've influenced me, who've opened my eyes in a certain way and I love sharing those wonderful people with you. This week of course is absolutely no different to the way this has always happened except for the fact that this is the very first time that I'm meeting my guest face to face. So we have become firm friends over uh, social media, over interviews, over the phone, and various other sort of social media and media methods, but we've never actually met before. <laughs> So I'd like to welcome to the studios at Wickham Sound, Duncan Basker and Brown. Welcome.
1: Uh, Thank you. And I can confirm that you are as great in real life as you are on the internet. Oh,
0: bless you. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. That is very, very kind of you. So yes, so the pictures I sent you weren't 20 years out of date. No, no, no.
1: no, (laughs) Some people do that, but I wouldn't expect that from you.
0: (laughs) Well, it didn't happen, as you can see. The grey hairs are there as well. (laughs) So Duncan, um, you and I met because I had a life in chains. I was in chains for six years, two years as mayor, it two years. You
1: must have done something very bad.
0: <laughs> Indeed, but no, it was the, probably the most brilliant time of my life. I could can't even begin to tell you the effect it had on me, the mark it's left on me, and the lessons I've learned about people, about the world, about community. It's been an incredible journey, and I've loved every second of it. But of course, I'm speaking to the converted here because you were also a mayor.
1: Yeah I was mayor of my hometown Abingdon uh, a little while ago now but I'm still trading on my past glories and uh, I do a lot of work with um, mayors chairs and lord mayors from throughout the country.
0: So what sort of work do you do? So
1: sort of advisory stuff a bit of coaching a bit of training a bit of uh, pointing them in the right direction that sort of thing trying to help them to have an impact on their community rather than on the buffet.
0: Well, wow, I love that. I think that's a really important point because of course we're here in High Wycombe where we have the only weighing in ceremony and weighing out ceremony in the world
1: of course yes yes.
0: and the whole point of that is that to see whether their mayor has focused on the buffet or the people well I
1: I think I lost weight when I was mayor it's not because uh, I didn't go to these events it's just because I was too busy chatting at them and I always forgot to eat
0: Yes I had the same problem I must admit I don't think I ever lost weight I've never been one to lose weight I'm afraid sadly yeah. but um, I did spend a lot of time talking which was just I mean that's the whole point of it isn't it to get out there and meet people.
1: Absolutely and as you said I mean it's a wonderful experience you learn so much about your community I'm sure you thought you knew your community before you started I mean I've born and raised in Abingdon you know I always lived there. And I thought I knew it, you know, as sort of seven years as a a counsellor, I thought I knew it. And it was just a massive eye-opener. There was so much going on. And it's such a fantastic opportunity. You get privileged access, a kind of access all areas past to your community. Mm. And everybody wants to talk to you. Everybody wants to meet you, share their stories with you. It's, It's fantastic. In terms of learning about your community, I... I don't think there's anything that comes close to it.
0: I couldn't agree more. I thought I was really switched on because I was elected first back in 1999. So, um for me when i was mayor in 2011 i thought there really is very very little that you you know that i'm going to learn from this ie as in community groups and people and the biggest surprise was how many more groups that i got to meet which i i just hadn't even known about i mean one of my great stories is um, the wonderful uh, patricia pierce and her dream flight charity it's one of the biggest charities you can imagine, and it takes all these poorly children away to Florida every single year to meet the mouse and to meet Mrs. Mouse. and you
1: know, Fantastic.
0: And you know, and they're really poorly children. Some of them are very, very disabled. Some of them have life-threatening um, conditions. Um, but she takes them with a whole team of doctors. And, do you know, until I was mayor, I never met her. Mm. I didn't know about her, which I find astonishing.
1: Yeah, there are, there are our communities are full of amazing people and doing amazing things and doing them quietly often and not seeking recognition and not shouting about it just just getting on with it i mean one of the community groups that i was really impressed with was the model railway society and you just sort of think well oh, that's just a, a, a bunch of well, blokes, they were mostly blokes, yeah. getting around and, you know, talking about their hobby and yeah. no no harm, but nothing particularly special. But when you look a little bit deeper, it's the community that they're offering and uh, the, the difference that they're making to the lives of their members and the the industry and the ingenuity that they're tackling the yes. problems they've got and creating, you know, resources for their, their members to use. It's, a, it's amazing stuff.
0: I mean, and I agree with you completely. And it's um, it's actually... Our role, is it not, in those civic roles to bring these people out into the light, to show people this is who you've got in your community and aren't they wonderful? Absolutely. I think
1: there's sort of two aspects to that, isn't there? There's definitely, I mean, mayors and chairs should be out there celebrating the successes of their communities. They should be tub-thumping ambassadors for their communities. Ooh, yes, please. (laughs) But then there's also that other aspect of once you know about something if you can share it with the staff and with the other counsellors then it opens opportunities and often you can create connections and i was using an example somebody i was working with she made a, a phone call it took her 10 minutes and she didn't think she'd done anything at all and she just mentioned it offhand and I was like that's brilliant you've just connected two people do you know what the result of that was yes and it led to a, a, a massive six month long project yes that really enriched the two groups that were working together and she thought she hadn't done anything and it's like well it's just a small thing to you but sometimes it has a big impact so absolutely being that connection between the council and the community and being that connection within the community is, is so important.
0: Indeed, I think that's actually from from my own personal point of view, without sounding as though I'm beating my own sort of um, drum here, but one of the things that I do have is a really good Rolodex is that what it's called
1: I'm not sure they still have Rolodex you know I think I mean. you'd say uh, <laughs> friends on Facebook or connections on LinkedIn these days wouldn't you
0: I have an amazing amount of connections let's put it that way and I think yeah. that's one of the things that a lot of the groups I work with are after I And mean, that's absolutely the whole point of it what am I going to do keeping all those people to myself
1: Exactly. I exactly. can't do
0: anything with them apart from have the occasional conversation. It is so much better and just this is, to get them connected.
1: This is the reason why I get a little bit annoyed when people think that being mayor is a retirement job and you you give it to long serving councillors. It's kind of a reward for being a good <laughs> Thank party you and goodbye. Member. Yeah, because they build up all of these connections in the year and then they retire and they don't do anything. Indeed,
0: with them. indeed. Mm. Yes, yeah, so well, we've proved that not to be the case in our part of the world, I have to say, because um, in Buckinghamshire, we're really good at putting people into those jobs. Um, and then when they're finished, they do stay around and hang around. There's very few, actually, that do the job and retire in the, these days. And it is seen very much as an opportunity to network, connect, Um, and to help the next person if they want the help.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. I I think we have a massive responsibility as former civic leaders to, to encourage and help the next generation because frankly, the reason why some people do a bad job is because they don't know any better. Mm-hmm. They've just seen people who are ineffectual and stand around the buffet eating sausage rolls. Indeed. And chatting like to the other. advert
0: that's on the telly at the moment where she cuts short the whole presentation and says, where's the buffet? Yeah, that's brilliant.
1: <laughs> With the, it was, was it the Christmas lights? Oh, a I, I, advert, I think it was, it? I can't remember, but yeah. it was, yes,
0: where, Yes, there, there we go, bang, off we go. <laughs> There's yeah, the buffet. Exactly. But, <laughs>
1: The thing is, it's funny because it's true, (laughs) and there are plenty of people out there like that, and most of them, I have to say, most of the ones that I've met are not actually bad people. They just don't know any better. Yes. They haven't seen the potential, and usually... Or don't
0: understand the potential.
1: Well, usually they only kind of figure that out about a week before they stand down.
0: (laughs) Yes, and that's (laughs) a bit of a wasted opportunity. Oh, it is.
1: I mean, and you, you alluded to it earlier about the way it develops your skills, and it really... As as a self-development opportunity, it is fantastic. But we don't want the leaders of our country uh, and our community to get good at it and then stand down. We want them to be good at it before they take office. So I'm personally a big advocate of other civic leaders and particularly councils supporting their their mayors, training their mayors, coaching their mayors and helping them, you know, really hit the ground running and really have an impact. And it's
0: important, as you've just pointed out. Because if you're not trained to do the job, how do you make the best of it while you're in office?
1: Exactly. Well, um, I'm sure we've both come across these magic chains that they put around your neck. Oh, that I love just my give chains. you. <laughs> well, they do give you a, a ton of confidence and uh, that does help, but they don't suddenly make you good at public speaking they don't suddenly make you great at being interviewed on the radio they don't suddenly make you a sort of twitter ninja do they (laughs) i love that (laughs) (coughs) well you are a twitter ninja but uh, i'm sure that's a years of years of practice absolutely uh, you know a little bit of help here and there
0: absolutely and that's one of the things that you do now isn't it you go around and you do help other civic leaders To find out who they are before they start the job.
1: Yeah, so I work with uh, some councils. I work with some individuals, and I just try and help them. We we start with them. We start to try and understand themselves and what what it is that they can bring to the office. What skills they've got. What interests they've got. Because a year is is a long time. Yes, it's, it's hard work. So you've got to do something that you've got the motivation to sustain. And then we look at how they can fit in the council. What resources they've got. What The direction of the council is going in and how we can marry up those two sort of things and then we look at things like developing their skills building a team around them because it's it's easy to see mayors and chairs as being individuals who are just stood on the podium on their own but it it really it takes it takes a big team to to actually achieve that absolutely so we look at putting that team into place look at formalizing a vision which really helps when you're out in the community if people sort of ask you what the mayor does instead of saying well i i try and stay sober just in case any members of the royal family turn up (laughs) they can say well i'm trying to you know bring my community together and i'm trying to impact my community in this way and by being very clear about that you you meet a lot of people who say oh I should introduce you to my friend Mimi. She can help you
0: with that. <laughs> Indeed. I mean, you touched on a really good point there about setting up the scene around the person taking on the civic role because in my experience, um, as I discovered, the people around you, so your team of staff, etc., I don't think some people are aware of the importance and the value of the role. So you've taken on the role, but you don't have a support system around you because mm. people just don't see... You know, it's 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 a it's a it's a it's a civic role. It's not a, a leadership role in that respect in some people's minds. So they don't it's almost been downgraded to a certain degree, but it's not that at all. It is a vital role.
1: I would say ninety per cent of councillors and about ninety nine point five percent of council employees don't realise the value of it. Yeah. So, the way I always used to describe it to people, they'd say, oh, So, what, do, what does the mayor do? I said, Well, if you look at the leader of the council and you think the leader of the council is the prime minister, well, that makes me the queen.
0: Oh, how lovely. Yeah, I know. It's <laughs> I good. Wish, I it? wish we'd had this conversation several years ago, Duncan. Well, you,
1: if there was a, a, a vote for queen, Mimi, I would be, <laughs> be putting your name forward. Anyway.
0: Oh, bless you. <laughs>
1: the, the thing is that the prime minister has power. Everybody knows that. They have an obvious kind of political power. But a lot of people m- misunderstand the the amount of power the Queen has got. The Queen's got an enormous amount of power. At, at, at the very least, she's got the power to walk through the door and put a smile on people's face. Indeed. And you should never, ever underestimate that. But she's also got the power to congratulate people, to, to create a sense of community, to create a sense of feeling in everybody in this country. R- recognition, yeah. yeah. So it's, it's looking at it from that aspect and saying, all right, you don't have any direct say in decision making but you do have a different kind of power and it's understanding that power and how you can harness that power how you can see the way that you are representing the council because often the only councillor that people meet will be the civic leader indeed and how you can form connections between the council and the community how you can actually get the message the council out. There's a a great guy uh, from Northern Ireland Darren and he became Lord Mayor of Armagh, Bainbridge and Craigavon just after those three councils merged. They couldn't come up with a better name than that, so everybody tends to call their council ABC. I was going to say
0: that's an ABC, <laughs> yeah, isn't it? <laughs> it is.
1: But he realised when he took office that everybody in his community was quite concerned about this merger of this sort of formation of this super council. So he went around and he visited over seven hundred community organisations, and he kept reiterating that it was one council, one vision, one community. And when I interviewed him, he said that with such fluidity. I said, "You've said that a lot." <laughs> And he said, yeah, I have, because I believe it. And he was able to go out there and share a really important message yes. with the people of his community and to, to you know, act as a, as a great advocate for the council. And I think that's so important and it's so underestimated.
0: Indeed, it is. So we've come to the end of the first segment of the show. First part is that is here. Hasn't that gone quickly? That
1: was yeah. Wow, no, it really always always goes quickly when we're chatting. <laughs> I think
0: we talk, we seem to talk for hours, don't we? Good. Without you know, any sort of realization of how much but time. But it's all has right. This gone. is a four-hour show, isn't <laughs> it? Of course it is. Of course it is. <laughs> You're listening to Mimi Harker and this is Mimi meets and my very special guest today is Duncan Pasca and Brown. We met through social media we met through the airwaves we met in all sorts of ways and this is the first time we've met face to face and it's no different to talking on the phone and it's no different to those hugely long conversations we've always had in the past
1: yeah i think this show's going to last a while
0: (laughs) (laughs) might have to record three or four (laughs) So Duncan, welcome back. That was a great song. So you're, and and you just love that song. Yeah, yeah. I mean,
1: as I hinted, I am a Morris dancer. and You
0: did. I I was going to pick you up on that. So come on, these are the secrets coming out now. So Abingdon's got a
1: fantastic (laughs) history of Morris dancing. And I walked past a pub where they were dancing with one of my friends. And I said, oh, you know, they've got this great history of Morris dancing. One of these days I'll have to do it. And we went where we were going. And as we were walking walking back, one of the lads from the side who I know saw me and went, oi Duncan, come over here. When are you (laughs) gonna start Morris dancing? And of course my friend went, he said, and it's just like, oh, I've got to start now, really, haven't I? That was about 15 years ago. And Amazing. Yeah, Is that we, how
0: you keep so fit then?
1: Well, yeah, I am the only sober Morris dancer, so <laughs> I, do, I don't drink. Uh, so, yes, yeah, that's probably why I'm among the fittest looking Morris dancers, because the rest of them, they dance, but they kind of offset that, shall we With say. the beer that goes on <laughs> yeah, afterwards, exactly. yes,
0: as a reward for all the hard work, yeah. <laughs> all the sweat. <laughs> Actually, I remember one of my... Uh, most interesting experiences when I was mayor. So we always have Heritage Day in Amersham Old Town. And it's always in September, and it's always fabulous. It's so wonderfully organized and beautifully. You know, it's just we always attend at yeah. Indeed. Well, there was one year I'm mayor, and I'm walking around saying hello to everybody, doing the civic bit as you do, chatting. I mean, I love people anyway. I mean, people really are my absolute passion. So for me, this is not really. It's not hard work. It's just what I doing what I love doing. So I'm walking around chatting to everybody, and I've got near to the clock tower. And the Morris men are doing their bit and they're dancing and the crowds are all cheering and just loving it. and Because it's just what really good fun to watch, isn't it? And as I'm walking past, they come to the end of their song. And all of a sudden, I'm circled by them. And I get completely unbeknownst to me that this had been planned with the um, the, the photographer as well from the local paper. I get picked up and lifted mm-hmm. into the air and my face because it was such a shock to be picked up without any warning and just chucked into the air like that it was like the scream mask I'm afraid it was really quite (laughs) grotesque but I really did get a fright
1: (laughs) Uh, yeah I I have to say I have scared a few ladies that way myself (laughs)
0: But yes, it w- and of course, we always take the Morris men with us when we go to our twin town in Bensheim.
1: Well, funnily enough, I'm, we we are going to our twin town um, on the 29th of March, which is the Ooh, same. Oh, the day! The same day as Brexit. So the whether day. we're coming back or not, I don't know. <laughs> but uh,
0: have you booked a return? <laughs> uh, I, yes,
1: I have, but we'll see. <laughs>
0: It's all exciting times ahead. We have no idea what's in store for us, do we? It is, yeah. yeah. And this is another reason why it's so important with the whole sort of civic leadership side of it, because they're the people that could actually steer us through these very, very, very choppy
1: waters. So I was talking to um, a really, really great guy I know called Svante Myrick, who's the mayor of um, Ithaca in upstate New York, Mm -hmm. which is the city that um, Cornell University is in. And he was saying, well, you know, you look at Brexit, you look at Donald Trump, and it's obvious, really, because if as local politicians we can't meet people's needs, why would they trust us to carry out international negotiations? Why would they trust us to run big things? If we can't fix the holes in their road, if we can't provide a sense of community, then in in their local area, how are we ever going to provide a sense of community within Europe?
0: I mm. know oh, I completely agree with that and I think you know with all the turmoil that's going on one of the things that you know us as, as former civic leaders because we still know our communities we're still in touch we're still there we still have our fingers in all the pies we just aren't as visible as we might have been once upon a time with those beautiful gold chains I loved my gold chain <laughs> <laughs> do you know I grew half an inch after I took that off because I'd worn one for so long yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean I'm tiny anyway so having that extra half an inch yes that was really quite nice <laughs> I remember the night I handed over my final chain to my successor. Oh... I went for a drink afterwards. I decided not to go to his um, his meet me. I'm the new chairman. Drinks, and I thought I'd let him have his moment without me overshadowing um, in Likewise. any way whatsoever. So I, I, my husband, came to the meeting, and we all went off to a, to a local bar afterwards. And I'm sitting on the bar stool, and my thumbs went up to my shoulder <laughs> to pick up the the, the the band that my chain is on to heave it up and put it straight again. And I, because that was something I had to do quite often, because it is heavy. Yeah. And I realized I didn't have one anymore more yeah but that was a horrible feeling
1: yeah it's it's <laughs> like it is a bizarre kind of feeling of well that's nice because I get my life back and you know I can sort of relax a little bit but then you sort of like you, you become like Stockholm syndrome isn't it it you is know? You, it really you sort is of become used to being a captive <laughs> yes you? yes you so. do
0: and then when you're not anymore it's like well what's happened yeah my whole world has just collapsed you yeah know? <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> it does take a while to get used to it. Yeah, but you were the youngest mayor in the country weren't you when you when you wore your chains?
1: I I haven't heard anybody complaining about being younger than me uh when I was mayor. Yes. I I've, I've met a few really amazing guys um Alex from uh he's the mayor of where you insert your own joke you if you like you? but <laughs> he's uh he's a really really great guy and he was 20 one when he took office, right, and that also so young, also finishing his degree. I, d- I don't know wow. how he manages, wow. how he manages it. But very, very effective guy, very smart. Wow, um, yeah, amazing. So, so there are lots of lots of young mayors out there, which is great. I think, I know. I don't need to uh, to tell you about how important it is to increase diversity within local government. Absolutely. But it is great to see a lot lot more youngsters out there.
0: I mean, that's the one thing I can honestly say about Wickham, because of the diverse community here, it is also reflected, which I find quite unusual. But it is also reflected in the um, the makeup of the councils and of the people who have held civic roles which I find just fantastic because, you know, it is absolutely celebrating the diverse community and, you know, and being representative.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I'm sure it's something that's important to you. I know it's important to a lot of civic leaders. definitely important to me to show people that, you know, you can be involved in your community. You don't have to be what people typically imagine councillors to be. Indeed, To be involved and to, to make a difference. And I've
0: always been outrageous. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I think everybody just, just lets me get on with my own thing now because, oh, that's Mimi, she just does her own thing.
1: <laughs> well, there's nothing wrong with being a little bit iconoclastic, is there? I mean, but that's the point, isn't it? If we all just sit around doing what we've always done... We are only going backwards. The rate of change within the country is massive within the world. It's, it's phenomenal. And if councils just sit on what they've always been doing, they're not, you know, just going backwards. They're going backwards quickly.
0: Quickly. Absolutely agree mm. with you on that one. I mean, when you became mayor, you talked, and we, well, we talked in the first half about being prepared for the role. Were you prepared for it? So
1: I was kind of lucky because we have an order of succession in Abingdon. So as it fell out my I was slated to be mayor at the end of a four year cycle so I kind of had quite a lot of notice about it I then uh, did a year as deputy and unfortunately the, the mayor at the time was, wasn't in the best of health. Mm-hmm. So I ended up covering more events than you, sure. want, you usually would as deputy. So in that sense, I was about as prepared as it was possible to be. Because and you'd I was, had that practical experience. Yeah, but I was woefully underprepared. I yeah. mean, I thought I'd spent a lot of time thinking about what I wanted to do and what I wanted to achieve. Mm-hmm. But it became quite apparent quite quickly that I hadn't really thought about the things I needed to th- think yes, about yes I'd sort of had some vague ideas about how cool I wanted my civic service to be we, yeah. we played one love by Bob Marley oh
0: fantastic so, yeah. I love it
1: yeah it's got the, the high sheriff dancing <laughs> <with> my civic <laughs> service it's not a bad not a bad idea anyway Brilliant. so I thought I'd kind of had some ideas and I'd prepared a little bit but it dawned on me pretty quickly. There was way, way more to to it than than that, and I'd never, I'd never criticise the staff at the council because they're they're great people and they really did help yes. me. And
0: and I think all staff at councils are great yeah, people. They're all yeah. experts in their fields, yeah. but that doesn't detract from the fact that most people don't use the role of the civic leaders as much as they could and they should yeah. to embellish that council.
1: Now, the thing is, I sort of thought, well, that's just because I represent a relatively small council with a relatively modest budget, but actually quite big ambitions. So there's quite a lot going on in the council and the focus of the council is not, you know, on what I was doing. And that's kind of right. I mean, you should they're looking at other ways of improving the community mm-hmm. and that and that's great and i thought that was just the reason why some you know small council small budget that sort of thing and then i was talking to uh the the lord mayor of um one of the country's largest cities and i didn't lead no leading questions i just uh, talking to him about his experiences and he basically described exactly the same thing and i thought well you know if you're the lord mayor of one of the biggest cities in the country and you're you've got the same experiences it must just be nationwide indeed and
0: i think you're right and that's why i think this which i'm holding here in my grubby paws, this book that you've written is absolutely fantastic i've read it from cover to cover um it's called more than a chain and it's called the, the sort of subtitle is how to be a 21st century mayor lord mayor or council chair now, I think, having gone through this, this is an incredible guide for somebody about to come into that role. Thank you. And uh, and I think, um, perhaps, tell us why you put this together.
1: So, as I say, I mean, I, 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 di- I didn't think I was particularly prepared. I think I certainly could have done more with my time in office, but I at least managed to uh, inject a bit of enthusiasm and personality into it. So when I stood down, a lot of people... So it started asking me if if I could could help them. And I ended up sort of informally coaching people. And I don't like doing things informally in an ad hoc manner. I like to go a tad over the top. So rather than just, (laughs) you know, the the standard advice, everywhere you go, you should always have a speech ready. Um, I thought I'd go a little bit further than that and wrote a 49,500 word book, which (laughs) is... Which is based on a, a coaching system uh, that wonderful. i've I've implemented with a number of people, and I mean I like working one to one with people uh, that's that's a, a a great way of doing things, but it's not possible for everybody and I wanted to to widen my reach i mean there are no hard and fast statistics, but I reckon there's somewhere. Around four thousand civic leaders in the country at any one time and they change pretty much every year. There's no way that I can get on the phone with four thousand people. No, this is a great time. way so, to reach them. Great yeah. way to
0: reach them. What I love about this, it's those things that um I mean, every single aspect of being part of the chain gang is highlighted here. And I love that, the fact who do you need to meet? You know, who should you be going, aiming to talk to when you go into a room? You might be quite a shy person, really, and you've had the honour of having this civic role bestowed upon you. But you've still got to be, be that person. You've still got to fulfil that role. So this, I think, is a wonderful guide on how to do it, who to meet, you know, how to choose your charities. So I'll give you an example of that as well, because you've got to do something you're passionate about, haven't you? Absolutely. So I look at our current mayor in Amersham, for example, and she's passionate about plastic and, and a lot of people I know have jumped on that bandwagon, but she really has. But on the other side of it, she's also supporting Mrs. Tiggy Winkles, you know, the hedgehog oh, charity. Yeah, you know, do yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? And it's it just brings such a sense of individuality to the role because it's not same old, same old. You see, I, I
1: like what you're saying about being interested in reducing plastic because that's exactly the kind of thing I'd encourage people to do because yes. if you're passionate about it, that's great. If almost certainly your council is doing something that fits in with that so you can make what you're doing part of the strategic aims of your council which is at the end of the day what you should be doing you shouldn't be off jollying on taxpayers absolutely. money
0: absolutely um,
1: and also there's a third strand to it it's quite zeitgeist it's quite at the moment so people are interested yes. in it so yes. it's, a, it's a good sell that's, a, that's a, a nice piece of work absolutely if only I hadn't finished the book I could have put <laughs> it in
0: well you see she was somebody that I brought into this world of politics so I feel I almost feel like she's my mentee
1: well that that is right. the nice thing about working with people that you know there's an impact that you can have as an individual mm. but it's when you help other people to have a, a, a bigger impact and you start to think well you know these these waves are, are going out and out and out, and that's that's great
0: indeed you're listening to Mimi Harker and my very special guest Duncan and Brown what an amazing conversation we're having here it's it's just like old times really <laughs> i'm enjoying talking about my old times as well
1: <laughs> ah the good old days oh, they're
0: good old days and they are days i shall never forget and i'm sure you feel exactly the same way
1: absolutely i mean that's right at the end of the book there's a big thing about before you start think about the way you're going to record yes yeah, because there's so much that goes on and you do want to remember all yes. of these things yes. at the very least you want to make sure you've got all of the photos <laughs>
0: Do you know what, Um, one of the saddest things of my life, when I was chairman, I had a box in my office, which was full of newspapers, which all had the stories, the photos and everything. I walked in one day and they were gone. Oh no. They were gone. It was devastating. It was literally 18 months worth of photos and all the stories that had been in the newspaper. And of course, at that time, being in the newspaper was a big deal because we didn't really have a local newspaper. So to actually manage to get into one was quite extraordinary so <laughs> that was a bit sad but yes yeah. it's so good to have the memories I've kept everything my house my, my office just looks appalling it's just full of files and piles of paper and invitations and yeah. letters and that
1: garland that those Fijian soldiers gave me that I don't have the uh, heart to get rid of absolutely
0: yeah. absolutely <laughs> I've got these Christmas stars that the children at Ellen Ganey school made me And I can't bear to, I I can't get rid of them. Everyone looks at them and says, but, you know, mum, they were made by children, they're never going to know. I said, but I know. Yeah. And they made them for me. Absolutely. (laughs) So I've still got them. They were very clever. They were some sort of origami. Ah, nice. And they're really beautiful. And there's just no way I'm going to get rid. And all the wonderful letters that that people wrote to me. Yeah. And especially the children. It's the children's letters that were especially insightful, actually. Yeah.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Out uh, of the mouths of babies.
0: Indeed. Indeed, indeed. What was your most shining moment in in your role when you were in it? So I was kind
1: of a little bit lucky um, that... Uh, will and kate decided to get married when i was mayor and i sort of thought about this because as i said i had a bit of, bit of a little run-up. bit
0: lucky that is so lucky
1: i had a bit of a run-up <laughs> to it so i sort of thought well they're, they're obviously going to get married aren't they so if he proposes by this certain date then the wedding was going to fall in my year in office and this date came and this date went and I thought, Aww. oh no, it's <laughs> gonna fall in somebody else's time in office. How annoying. And then, you know, I didn't think any more of it. And then a, a couple of months later he proposed. And apparently, if you're a prince, you can organise a wedding faster than I think. <laughs> <laughs> so it ended up being just right at the end oh, of wow. my year. Which was like it was a great kind of final hurrah, you yes. know, half a dozen street parties. And um no, you know, loads of community events. And then we do this strange thing in Abingdon called bun throwing, which is we have a, we have a fantastic um, building just next to our marketplace. It's the old county hall where they used to have the assizes when Abingdon was the county town of Berkshire. Um, And we throw buns off the top of it uh, to celebrate royal events to, you know, to show how generous (laughs) the uh, burgesses (laughs) of Abingdon uh, Borough Council are. They lob buns.
0: And who gets to eat them? Um, Nobody, because they're going to land on the floor. Now,
1: here's the really funny (laughs) thing. Because it's obviously a food handling issue, the town clerk insists that we all wear the latex gloves, latex gloves. <laughs> to throw these buns off the, the roof of a of, of building. And then they <laughs> land on the floor and kids <laughs> pick them up and eat them. So... <laughs> Yeah, to oh, Actually, just brilliant. to further complicate matters, the old county hall was being renovated at the time. The town council was lucky enough to secure a £1.7 million heritage lottery grant to, to do up this fantastic building. So it was wrapped in scaffolding. And then it became like this big issue. How are you going to do bun throwing? Yeah. Scaffolding. And <laughs> it's, it's, it's weird, but it's massive in town. Everybody loves bun throwing. So it was it got to be this big thing. And then, of course, the national newspapers picked up on it because they love a health and safety ruins ancient tradition story don't they i mean that's just like ah, oh, the, the daily oh, mail where like all their christmases <laughs> had come at once so i ended up in the the, the times uh, ended up on six music uh, one of my colleagues who runs the around the committee responsible for it got interviewed on tv in new zealand <laughs> you know it's like where are these wow. things come from? <laughs> so it got very big, but we we pulled it off, and uh, I threw that first bun. There was a, you know, five or six thousand people in the marketplace, massive, amazing,
0: rammed, glorious. What was that like looking down on it?
1: Oh, it's it's fantastic. I yeah. mean, I've. I've done it a few times I was sort of lucky as a counsellor to do it on a couple of occasions yeah. but throwing the first one was that of was course yeah. absolutely first have, citizen and all that yeah I have a lovely lovely photo of yes. me and my chain rubbing yes. a bun with me latex gloves on
0: lovely were <laughs> they blue or were they white they were blue they yeah. were blue yeah. okay yeah. so they really would show up in the photos then. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. at least when they're the pale ones you can almost get away with it yeah. you know? yeah. but never mind <laughs> it's, it's a great memory yeah Yeah. absolutely <laughs> (laughs) So in your journey through this whole world of chains that you're trying to help with advice and with this wonderful book with all the different i love all the the little um, exercises to do in there you know that really makes you think am i fit for purpose here or not absolutely and if you don't get all of them right don't bother standing
1: (laughs) (laughs) no but it is about making people think because if you're if you're thinking about what what you want to achieve yes you're going to achieve it if you're just going in like most people with some vague notion of what you're interested in yes you're not you're it's not going to
0: happen, to, is it? Yeah. No, you've got to think about yeah. it. I knew, but I think, um, I, I, before I started, I'd actually thought about the charities I was going to support. I'd thought about some of the things I was going to change and some of the things I was actually going to do. And I was very lucky when I was mayor because, of course, the Olympics came up Yeah. in my t- time of office. And I just, um, I built um, a whole Olympic legacy fundraise for it, got it there, and it's still there today. And it's one of the best used free facilities that the public can use. So that's my legacy. Indeed, that's my legacy for that period. And, of course, the Chamber of Commerce, we didn't have one in in Amersham, so I joined up in Chesham um, and asked them if we could become part of that. And, of course, the Chesham Chamber then became the Chiltern Chamber, which took on board Amersham. Yeah. So something for the business community, something for the community yeah. uh, and for everyone of all ages. I mean, to watch people in the summer on using all the kit that that's on that field is really heartwarming. I
1: think that's that's one of the nice things about being involved in local government because it, it's local, isn't it? Yes. It's people you know, it's places you go and exactly. you walk past and you go, hmm, yes. I did, oh, all right true I didn't do any digging or laying of the sets but I, I redecorated our marketplace yeah, I made yeah, it yeah. Look nice.
0: absolutely but excuse me I did drive the digger and I did take down the mooger <laughs> well yeah I bet you did I mean, <laughs> I remember it I remember the guy sitting next to me saying just give it some welly put your foot down I'm like really what if I can't stop it he said well that's what I'm here for love <laughs> <laughs> but what about one of the worst moments for you Is was there a worst moment
1: well I mean there's a lot of there was a lot of hardship. There was a lot of struggle. There was a lot of stuff that people wanted to do the way that we've always done it. And I I genuinely believe that the way we've always done it is almost always the wrong way to do it. Not that it was always the wrong way. It probably used to be the right way to do it, mm-hmm. but things have moved on and things yes, have changed. absolutely. So I did a, a, a whole lot of banging my head against uh, the, the wall but you kind of you don't really remember that do you and it's sort of like it goes to the side and yes, you forget it does. about that of and it does. i mean those those days when it's sort of like get up check emails go to work go to event during your lunch go to event after work go home eat food very quickly check emails if again you have time, go, yeah. go to event do a bit of social media go to bed get up again and repeat, repeat the process yeah. Yeah. yeah you know all of that you you kind of
0: and it's, it is a strenuous year. If you do the job properly, it is a really tough year. Yeah. I, I will say to anybody that I meet who's new, so May time is when I'm usually out there with my prescription pad and I will say to everybody, Echinacea, vitamin C, take it regularly yeah. and it will help you to keep maintain. you know, your, Fun, your strength. Funnily
1: enough, just about the most effective bit in that book and in my coaching system is the bit where I just, and it's very short. It's just like, you should think about Um, sleeping, eating, exercising, drinking and stress and that's all I say and that usually has quite a big impact. I've had people come back to me and say I'm so glad you mentioned that.
0: Yes exactly and that's what I love about it. It is a very common sense approach to how to do the job properly so if you're new to the job or if if you're about to take on the job in May what a great book to have and when is it available?
1: It should be on my website um, from about the 4th of April. And That's your website is? It's the i Um also on Twitter at The Civic
0: Yes, I love following all your tweets. I did one of your podcasts. It was such good you fun. You did, yes. Yeah, was, you
1: can you can find that on the as It was as such well.
0: fun. It was really good fun. And that really, we talked very, very deeply about what it's all about. Yeah,
1: I I had to edit the 12 hours of our conversation <laughs> down a little bit. But... <laughs>
0: <laughs> yes i can imagine sorry about that no it's I good talk. I, I mean i
1: love i love interviewing people uh, like yourself it just uh, i've been very privileged to interview some amazing people and that's really helped shape my uh, appreciation of, of w- w- what what you can achieve
0: indeed indeed so in your sort of interviewing and in your meeting of so many amazing people in, and and not in the chain gang what is your best story, do you think? Have you got a really, really fantastic story that just shines out and you say, right, that was that was quite something?
1: So we're quite lucky in Abingdon. It's a very historic town. Uh, we used to have an abbey at the dissolution. It was the sixth richest abbey in the country. Um, and it owned quite a lot of land, so... As this, uh, it was a, a very rich gentleman. His son was was ill, so he sent sent him to Abingdon abbey, abbey to convalesce. And as a uh, sort of a, a thank you present, this this rich guy gave the abbey so a little scrap of land by the Thames, called Kensington. <laughs> so. <laughs> effectively, <laughs> Abingdon used to own Kensington. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Um, we, I don't think we should have got uh, rid of it. We probably should have held pr- on to probably it. Probably <laughs> should have held I would yeah, have yeah. thought it would have been
0: yeah. quite
1: a good thing well, to do. To be fair, I mean, <laughs> Henry VIII nicked it. That was basically what happened, wasn't it? Anyway, Brilliant. so as a result, we have a civic relationship with Kensington and Chelsea and uh, they come to our civic service, we go to, to their civic service. And the night before the civic service um, in Kensington and Chelsea, I was at a, a I was at a do uh, buffet. Very nice, very nice spread. Um, I, I bit into a baguette, and this tooth here is Ouch. not real. And I snapped the bridge. Uh, so I uh, was thinking, right, this is great. I'll go up to, go, I'll go up to London, and I'll look a little bit provincial and uh yeah with with a missing front tooth but i ma- i did manage to jam it in there and it was all going very very well until we went out into the car park and there was the mayor of kensington and chelsea's 6 liter bentley limo <laughs> and there was my little nissan micra and it's like yeah yes. this is how the other half lives yes isn't indeed it? there's that yeah. huge
0: difference isn't there between london yeah. mayors and yeah. anybody else and or big in some of the big cities still do but we never had cars we never had no. drivers
1: No, but to be fair they don't have any training they just have a guy that drives them around and it's but how simply, nice it's well, it, it is quite nice it Means
0: you can have a glass of wine when you're talking to exactly. everyone <laughs> but i mean
1: mostly it is an insurance thing for yes. the chain yes that so the the,
0: uh, I never up. thought of it in those terms I should have put my foot down and said my chain needs protecting, but I need a car and the driver that's the way they justify <laughs> it
1: um, but if you look at the civic regalia, I mean we're really lucky in Abingdon, so our mace was made at, um, by the same company that made the mace for the House of Commons Right. so the only difference between our mace and the House of Commons is ours has got Abingdon crest on and yes. the House of Commons has got the portcullises on yes. so when the House of Commons mace is being refurbished, they borrow our mace so that they can conduct wow, business. Because course. you can't conduct business in the House of Commons without a mace. Without a mace. So they use our mace. Funnily enough, when our mace is being refurbished, they don't return the favour. <laughs>
0: I wonder why and we can't possibly we're we're nearly at the end of the hour actually and we can't possibly uh, not mention the fact that you actually married your mayoress
1: I did indeed yeah it was sort of like weird because we met the January before I became deputy mayor and we were doing that kind of you know like thing about sussing each other out where's this relationship (laughs) going and I kind of went oh and by the way would you like to be deputy mayoress
0: how nice (laughs) that would have won me over
1: yeah well (laughs) To be fair in Abingdon we use the term escort because that's yes, that's what we yes, use it's yes. an awful term but there's no great yes. term for them um but Sereja didn't like the uh, the term escort so I call her the mayoress Indeed and I wouldn't
0: have liked it I used to call my husband an escort Yeah because otherwise well, he was the mayoress because that was the whole uh, point it was usually so men that the, were mayors Yes
1: the, but the husband of a mayor is a consort Indeed I hate to be Indeed he about is a it, consort perhaps, yes yeah. No,
0: yeah. but he refused to wear his chain He's yeah. from the northeast, and he went. Nah, not wearing that nambi pambi thing. So so that was the only bit that let me down in office in as much as he wouldn't wear his pretty chain. Well, I think,
1: I mean, I was very lucky with Sereja. She's very um, outgoing, very focused on people. So she was a a wonderful, wonderful escort. And I did dedicate the book to her. You did. I noticed that. How
0: lovely. And that's why I thought we can't possibly end without mentioning her. We're at the end of our hour. Thank you so much for coming into the studios here and for being my very special guest this week. It's been such a joy and a pleasure to have your company. It's been a pleasure
1: to me. It's been great. To actually meet you isn't I it? know, isn't yeah. it
0: fantastic? Because so far, for the last three years, we've just been voices. Mm. <laughs> it's been amazing. Thank you so much. It's been wonderful having you here. What a great conversation, which could carry on and on and <laughs> on. But luckily we'll for have everybody. To do it off <laughs> It's the end of the hour. <laughs> a really big thank you to everybody out there listening to me. And thank you again to my special guest, Duncan and Brown. His book will soon be available if you're thinking of jumping into civic roles. And you can go through all the exercises and find out if, well, if you're fit for office. So you've been listening to Mimi Harker. This is Mimi Meets. And you've been listening on Wickham Sound. You've been listening to a podcast from Wickham Sound. To find out more, head to wickhamsound.org.uk.